0: Hi, this is John Ovenden, lead pastor of Evolve Church, and this is the Evolve Church podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We trust that this week's message is encouraging and full of hope for wherever you are at. Um, I I absolutely love Christmas, and one of the things that I've done for the last few years at Christmas time is, anywhere I go this time of year, be it a, a restaurant or a store, um, I always ask people who I meet, "Hey." Do you celebrate Christmas? And do you know 100%, that's not even an exaggeration, over the last four years, sorry, I have had one person in four years say, No, I don't celebrate Christmas. Other than that, everybody else says, Yeah, I actually celebrate Christmas. So then I say, Well, then Merry Christmas. And they always say, Oh, Merry Christmas. And, um, and then I can avoid the, the awkward, you know, Happy Holidays thing. Because um, I, I, like I like a genuine Merry Christmas. Right? So uh, out of curiosity, anybody here celebrate Christmas? Yeah. Well, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Um, does anybody here not celebrate Christmas? And that, you know, they're like, "Oh man, I'm in the wrong place." But uh, it's OK. It's OK if you don't. You're still welcome here. But um, I love all of the fun that surrounds Christmas. I love all of the traditions. I actually even love Christmas shopping. I do. Uh, call me crazy, call me mental. But I love it, and there seems to be like a, this anticipation, this expectation around christmas time and i don 't know if that 's just because we know that it 's going to be a good time or that it 's going to be chaos, and we 're still okay with that. Uh, I drove um, my my grandparents and my aunt to the airport on Friday night, and after I dropped them off they 're flying to Winnipeg to be with uh, my wife 's parents, and I called my father in law and he was just so excited about his uh, his mom and dad-in-law and his, his sister-in-law flying in and, and uh, picking them up at the airport. He was just full of hope and full of anticipation. And even in the middle of what's a very new season for us of being in Edmonton and, and spending our first Christmas here with our kids and starting some new traditions, uh, we've been like, inundated with invitations for Christmas meals and Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. And, and we're just so, we're so excited about the newness of this season for us. You know, uh, for thousands of years, God's people, God's kids, were anticipating something. They were like holding their breath, waiting for something to happen. They were anticipating the arrival of a king, the person who would be their Messiah. And this time of year, I can't help but remember not only how Jesus came to earth as a baby, but also why Jesus came, because that's really important. Why did Jesus come to earth as a baby. Did you know that there are more than 700 texts written about Jesus, not text messages by the way, but <laughs> writings, texts, over 700 written about Jesus even before he was born. I don't think my parents wrote one thing down about me before I was born. Over 700 things were written about Jesus before he was born. And the birth and the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus fulfilled over 300 prophecies that had been written about this anticipated king, about the coming Messiah. And Jesus fulfilled over 300 prophecies that had been given about him. There was an intelligence and a very divine purpose in why and how Jesus came. And we celebrate that as a tradition. What other things do you celebrate at Christmas as tradition? Maybe sacred or just downright fun, because I love them all. I love them all. You know, some of our fun uh, Christmas traditions, I found a new Dutch market to go to here in Edmonton. Uh, Ben's Meat Market on Stony Plain Road. Anybody been to Ben's Meat Market? Out of curiosity, a few of you have. Well, you know, here's the thing. When I go into Ben's, I can buy a, a bag of paprika-flavored Lay's potato chips, yeah, you ever had those? Some of you have. Wow, that's amazing. Well, my, my Dutch people in the Netherlands, they love their paprika-flavored potato chips. And, and you can buy those at Ben's. But you can also get krautnoten, and you can get uh, Hachelslach. Can you say Hachelslach? Oh, yeah, that was good. That was good. She got me right in the eye with that one. Hachelslach. And, um, you know, my, my all-time favorite Sinterklaas treat, they're called Thai Thai. Uh, they're like a a chewy uh, Christmas cookie, basically. That's probably the best way to, s- to describe them. Uh, I'm on my, I'll admit, I'm on my second bag of Thai Thai for the season. And uh, and they are delicious. I love them. Uh, I love ole-bowling at New Year's. Um, those are like a Dutch New Year's deep-fried fritter. I'll be making them at, at our home on New Year's Eve this year. It's going to happen. Uh, my kids are pretty pumped about that. Um, speaking of uh, traditions about Christmas growing up, here's, here's a little contest for you. Can any of you guess which uh, Zanting family Christmas tradition the following Bible prophecies represent? The book of Isaiah chapter 40 verse 15, Haggai 2, 6 and 7, Job 19, 25 to 26, Isaiah 7 through 4, verse 14, Isaiah 40 verse 9, Psalm 24 verse 7, Isaiah 53 verses 3 to 5. Those are some of the texts, the prophecies. Can anybody, can anybody take a guess what Xanting tradition those specific prophe- prophecies in the Bible maybe represent for me and my family growing up? Anybody? Nobody. Let me help you out a little bit. <clears throat> comfort ye. Comfort ye, my people. Comfort ye, saith your God, saith your God. Anybody? Coming for tea? No, comfort ye. Maybe this will help you guess. Renee, play it for me. Anybody? Thank you. Handel's Messiah. Ever heard of it? Okay, that's good, Renee. This is the well known Hallelujah chorus. This dude named George Friedrich Handel wrote an oratorio, which is basically a long piece of music with choir parts and solo bits. And every year at Christmas time, growing up, my parents would drag me to the symphony to hear a live performance of Handel's Messiah every year. And they didn't hand out little paper bags for us kids to, like, color while this three-hour classical music performance was presented, and, and I hated it. I did. I'm sorry, children. I just said the word Hate. Will you please forgive me? <laughs> but I didn't like it. It was like torture for me as a kid. But every year, without fail, we would go to a live presentation of Handel's Messiah. Fast forward from my childhood into my young adult years. You know, studying classical music in, uh, in Bible college, I, for the first time, connected the dots that Handel's Messiah, every bit of lyric was straight Bible, straight Scripture. And I never never understood that as a child. I just thought it was this boring thing that I had to go to. But let's be honest. I didn't fully appreciate the complexity of its story until I was a young adult who would made my own decision to follow Jesus and really cared about what it meant that Jesus was not only talked about before he was born... But that specific things were written about him and that when he lived and served and loved and ultimately died and rose from the dead, he fulfilled over 300 things that had been said about him before he was even born. And George Friedrich Handel took the time to go through the Bible and put to song Isaiah 40, verse 1 through 5. Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith your God. Job 19, for I know... That my Redeemer liveth. I know that my Redeemer liveth. I could sing every single one of these because I've heard it so many times. Isaiah 7, verse 14. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Uh, I could go on. Isaiah forty. Verse 9, O Zion, O thou that tellest good tidings of Zion. I could go on and on and on. Isaiah 53, Psalm 24, lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up. It's inside of me because I heard it year after year after year after year. I could sing all the soprano parts, heck. I could sing all the alto solos. I could sing the bass and the tenor and all the choir parts. But my absolute favorite, wait for it. For unto us a child is born. (laughs) Yeah, it's not very good. But uh, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. The everlasting Father and the Prince of Peace. What do you call Jesus? You know, it's 2018. Do you call him your friend? Do you call him your, maybe you call him your traditional, you call him Lord or Savior? You know, maybe you're like into like hip-hop and you call him like J Slice. Like he's, yeah, I, I don't know. What do you call, what do you call Jesus? Right? You know our kids uh, growing up as they hear the story of Jesus and they begin to identify that these, this isn't just like some kind of tale that somebody made up, but these are historical accounts of a real person. What do you call Jesus? Do you call him wonderful counselor? Do you call him mighty God? Do you call him everlasting father? Do you call him prince of peace? I want to take a couple minutes and look at those because Number one, if, if we call Jesus wonderful counselor, you know, the truth is Christmas is a hot mess for a lot of people. We've been talking about this crazy, messy, wonderful life that we all exist in this tension between things that drive us mad, things that have hurt us. You know, what's a very real thing for me, in, in 2003, Nicole and I were, were newly married for a few years. We didn't have any kids yet. And we drove from Winnipeg to Edmonton to spend Christmas here with, uh, with her family. And at Christmas 2003, my, my dad's mother, my Oma Zanting, died. She passed away. And in that road trip from Winnipeg to Edmonton, I forgot my wallet in Winnipeg. It was one of those things. And I, I didn't have any ID and I wanted to fly from Edmonton to Chatham, Ontario, where I grew up, to go to my Oma's funeral, but I had no ID. And it was just one of those, like, could, could I get someone to break into my house and find my passport and overnight it to Edmonton so that I could fly from, do you know what I mean? It was one of these impossible things that eventually I just had to call my parents to say, look, it doesn't make any, any sense. I just, like, I so badly want to be there, but I just need to stay here. I need to stay here. And can I, can I write a note? Can you read it at the funeral? But my Oma died, and I missed her funeral because I forgot my wallet. And that sounds trite and trivial and, like, insignificant. But I actually think about it almost every year at Christmas. I think about my Oma 15 years ago uh, passing away and not being there with my family but being here with my family. And, and I think about it. And what things do you think about at Christmas? You know, you might think about something that happened in this previous year that really impacts how you celebrate over the next week. There are marriages and homes that are hurting right now. There are people who are experiencing loss, people who are going through something that's wrecked them right now. People here in this room that are dreading the next few days because of what's going on inside of your heart. Hebrews chapter 4, it says, Jesus understands humanity. For as a man, our magnificent king priest was tempted in every way just as we are and he conquered sin. So now we come freely and boldly to where love is enthroned to receive mercy's kiss and discover the grace that we urgently need to strengthen us in our time of weakness. You know, if you're going through something difficult right now, I want to encourage you to lean in Jesus by referring to him as your wonderful counselor. Maybe maybe the peace and the grace that your heart needs over the next week will be found in the truth that Jesus understands humanity because he went through heartache and loss and brokenness and he sits today enthroned between us and God as our wonderful counselor. Jesus Christ, God's promised Messiah, the greatest advisor and the most wonderful counselor that you can turn to. Do you call him mighty God? You know, we think about the drama of Christmas. We think about the nativity of Christmas. We think about the shepherds keeping watch over their flocks at night. And we think about the the three kings, the the wise men traveling with gifts. And we think about Mary and Joseph and all of the the scandal attached to a, a young Jewish girl. Not yet married, but, but clearly with child, and, and a guy taking a stand for her and believing her that this vision, this dream, was actually real, and, and, and choosing to marry her despite the scandal, and traveling to Bethlehem for this census to be counted, but there's nowhere for them to stay. And this Messiah King, this, this gorgeous child, maybe not that gorgeous I don't know he, you know I'm, I'm sure he came out like every other baby did, but it happened in a manger in, in a stable. And we think about this drama of Christmas, but we don't always remember to attach the ongoing story, the continuation of of adult Jesus, of grown-up Jesus, of taking a stand for the hurting and the broken and the lost Jesus, of, of valuing women and children when other people didn't Jesus, of sacrificing his life Jesus. Remember that Jesus was born for us not only wonderful counselor, but also the very presence of God made available to us in its fullness. Jesus is also mighty and God. He's wonderful counselor. He's mighty God. He's everlasting Father. But do we call him that? Maybe you don't think you need to lean into the story of Jesus as being a sense of everlasting Father. Because some of us have families that are really tight-knit. And some of us have dads that we look up to and and just want to be like. But lots of us would rather not even talk about our families. Lots of us haven't had any relationship or connection with a parent in years or a sibling or an aunt or an uncle. And we 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 just don't even go there. Christmas has a way of amplifying and expanding our thoughts and feelings about family, doesn't it? Because I think it brings the best out of us and sometimes the worst out of us. But Christmas has a way of amplifying what we hold true about family. And this crazy, mess, messy, wonderful life that we've been talking about, depending on where things sit currently between you and your natural family, you might be not leaning into any sense of peace or calm or continuity or consistency in what we call family. But whatever your situation, remember this. God sent Jesus to bring the family back together. That's why. God God sent Jesus to restore family between God and his kids, but also to mend and heal between us and each other. Stay identified and rooted in Jesus Christ as your ongoing, continual, forevermore, everlasting picture of the Father. Because he's wonderful counselor, he's mighty God, he's everlasting father, and he's also our prince of peace. Do you call him prince of peace? In the middle of this often crazy busy season of the year, please don't forget that the arrival of Jesus Christ on planet earth signified a brand new era of peace on earth. Peace that transcends everything peace that can't be understood even with our natural minds. The Bible calls it a peace that comes from God's spirit within us that we can't even wrap our brains around. When it comes to peace on earth, Jesus is the captain, the governor, the leader, the official, the ruler, the Lord. He's the prince of peace. Ephesians 4 calls him our reconciling peace. He's made things right. And if you have any unrest in your gut, any unrest about the week ahead and the days yet to come, or maybe a deeper sense of unrest between you and God, I want to remind you today that Jesus is not only our wonderful counselor and our mighty God and our everlasting Father, but he's also our Prince of Peace. And our prayer and our hope for you as you celebrate all that Christmas is in the, in the days to come, is that you would hold true to the truth of who Jesus is. I'm going to close with this verse. It's not going to be on the screen, but Ephesians two fourteen. our reconciling peace is Jesus. He has made all of us, Jews and non-Jews, everybody, one in Christ. By dying as our sacrifice, Jesus has broken down every wall of prejudice that separated us and has now made us equal through our union with Christ. Is there anything bringing separation and division between you and God this Christmas? Something maybe you've been holding over, over God for a long time that you're, you haven't been able to figure out. You know, a deep spiritual question that a, a, a normal mind maybe hasn't been able to resolve. Whatever situation you find yourself in this Christmas where chaos or stress or worry are reigning. Call on Jesus, your Prince of Peace. Because unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name, Jesus, shall be called also Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. And those four pictures of Jesus... I hope they bring life and hope to your home and to your family and to your crazy, messy, wonderful life. Not only this week, but in the days and weeks and months and years to come. Because what I've learned is that this Jesus, our Jesus, isn't just so on December 25th. (laughs) He is wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace for each one of us, 365 days a year. But it really becomes about our ability to lean in and respond well to the truth that Jesus is who he is. And that's our prayer for you today and every day moving forward. That you would feel like you have the right people, the right community, the right family around you to help you lean in and remember the truth of Jesus, not just at Christmas time, but all the year round. Amen. Thanks so much for listening. Visit evolvechurch.com for more information. And if you're ever in the Edmonton area, stop by.